Please remain standing for this morning's scripture, which comes from the first chapter of First Peter, beginning in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. And then from Galatians, the fourth chapter. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Before going to school uh, to become a pastor in a prior life, I went to school to become a lawyer. I spent three years in the study of law and spent much of that time studying property law, tax law, trust law, estates law, and even gift tax law. And then after law school, I practiced law in an estate planning and probate firm here in town for three years. So when David told me the subject matter for this morning, I thought, great, I've been preparing for this sermon for six years. The reality of an inheritance is something that, unfortunately, I think we do not speak a lot about in church. Um, But it is very important and relevant to our life in the body of Christ and in our journey of faith. And I find it very fitting that we speak about it on this morning when we are remembering the saints who have gone before us. A little background before I dive into some realities that I learned in the study of law and inheritance For those of you all who have not been with us lately, we're going through a series on identity of discovering who God is and who he says we are, which we sometimes refer as sonship. This reality that God proclaims that we are his beloved sons and daughters. And as you see in the scripture this morning, it refers to us as sons. And that is the general all over, including sons and daughters. As David says, in the same way that us men have to adjust to being the bride of Christ, Women have to adjust sometimes to being referred to as sons of God. I'd also like to highlight the reality that slaves that we talk about here are recognized as hired hands and not as much in the way that we would think of them in our history, in our country. So in the scripture this morning, when it says, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child, it means you are no longer the hired hand. The one who works for his wages, but you are part of the family. You are part of the inheritance. So with that background, I'd like to dive into looking at some of the classifications that I discovered in the practice of law that I think apply to the situation of inheritance this morning. There are four. First of all, there's a situation where inheritance is not received because it is unknown. The person does not know of their family or their connections or the wealth that they have. In 
estate law, this is something that's duly tried to avoid. So there's extensive lengths that go to avoid this. There's posting of public documents. There's writings to all members of the family. And there's extensive research. Because it's a travesty when someone's inheritance passes to someone else or is not received. is actually sometimes against the law. But there are times in this reality in the kingdom as well where people do not hear about the family they have in heaven or the riches that God has provided for us. So they go on in life not knowing of this reality. The second situation I saw in the practice of law was in the reality that in the gift, in the legal world, a gift must be received. It cannot just be given. For the gift to be completed, the recipient must actively receive the gift. We see this in the spiritual world as well, where things are offered to us daily by God and those around us. And we can choose to either accept or reject that love or that passing attempt that God has as he knocks on the door of our hearts every day. The first and second situations in the practice of law, as in the kingdom of God, are heartbreaking. The third situation I discovered is a more encouraging event. And some of you may have read or have heard of this. I actually had a family member who had this happen to them. My mom came home from afternoon one day to find a voicemail from an unknown attorney in Florida calling to let her know of a distant relative who had passed away without any surviving immediate family. So my mom and her five sisters now became heirs to this inheritance. Knowing distantly of the relative, if at all, my mom was surprised not only of the connection, but also of the wealth that came her way. A month later, an unexpected check came in the mail. I see this sometimes when we learn of the love of God for us later in life, being surprised of his love and especially his inheritance that he calls us to. It is like a call on the phone from a stranger and a check in the mail. The fourth and final situation that we confronted most of all, fortunately, in my practice was those who grow up knowing of their connection, not only to the family, but also to the wealth as well. They grew up knowing their place in the family and knowing of the family business or the extensive wealth the parents had, the beloved jewelry or the ring from their mother, the shotgun from dad, these things that they had eyed for many, many years. They grew up knowing not only their place in the family, but what they would receive. This is the delight of our lives. This is the joy that happens when we are raised in the faith, knowing not only who God is, but the glorious inheritance that he has for us in this life. I think most of us fall somewhere in the spectrum of the third and fourth category, or at least I hope. It is my hope that we grow up knowing who we are as beloved sons and daughters, and not only who we are, but what that means in the kingdom for what God has called us to receive. Now, there's something like we recognize on days like this when our hearts are heavy thinking of those who have gone before us. Most of the time with inheritance, there is the requirement of death. And most of the time, just like it said in our first Peter passage this morning, we think of that inheritance as coming in heaven. As something we wait for, as something we expect, like Paul says, now we see dimly as if in a mirror and then we shall see fully knowing fully seeing Jesus face to face. And there is this reality of 
this deep inheritance that comes for us in heaven. But there's another reality that Scripture talks about in the kingdom. This death that is necessary for our inheritance has actually already taken place. The death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see, He went to sacrifice to hang on the cross for us so that we could live into this reality of the inheritance of heaven that we have actually here and now on earth. You see this in the message that Jesus brought to us when He came to earth. He would start off most of His lines with, The kingdom of heaven is here, or the kingdom of heaven has drawn near to you. Or so many of his parables, speaking of the kingdom of heaven is like. Jesus came to bring the kingdom of heaven here. What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, I think it's easily described as living into the ways of God. Where God's God's ways and wills are done, you are seeing the kingdom manifest. Other scriptures likely come to mind for you. Maybe the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Think of the definition of love that we hear at so many weddings in 1 Corinthians 13. And remember that Scripture reminds us that God is love. There is this reality when we think about inheritance here on earth that we think about riches. And there is surely provision from God. Think about what he talks about with testing him, bringing the entire tithe into the storehouse. And he will pour out blessings upon us. Think about Matthew 6 when he talks about not worrying about tomorrow and how he will clothe us and feed us. Think about all his promises in these ways. But notice that most of his promises come with other things. It's not necessarily the lightness or the ease of life. He says there will be burdens, there will be hardships, there will be trials, there will be struggles. But he says, I will always be with you. If I think of Jesus as the manifestation of the inheritance that I have to live into on this earth, I don't think of worldly wealth. Think of his description. I don't have a place to lay my head. Well, I would call this homelessness. But when I think of the homeless, I think of those in want and in need and maybe being estranged. But when I think of Jesus, I certainly don't think of those things. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And in John 17, he compares eternal life to knowing him fully here and now presently. The reality of our inheritance is that it is not destined for after death. The reality of our inheritance is that it is for now and today. So how can we live into these things that God has provided for us? Well, I think most importantly, we can stand on the promises that God describes for us in Scripture. Think of the many things that he says. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. He calls us to approach the throne of grace with confidence. He calls us heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. He identifies that Christ is seated in the heavenly realms interceding on our behalf. And then as Paul describes, we are seated with him in the heavenly realms. All honor and authority is given to him and at his feet are all things in this world. Living into the reality of heirs of God, of being sons and daughters, we are co-heirs with Christ. And that inheritance begins now. 
we get to live into this reality somewhat dimly compared to what we will live into fully in heaven, but certainly in great ways. And as Jesus said, you will do greater things than I through the spirit which lives within you. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we bless you for the fact that you come to us seeking to welcome us back into your family through the sacrifice and death of your son. Father, we remember those that have gone before us in the faith, loved ones that we have lost this year and in years past. Father, we thank you for the great inheritance that we have received from you and through them, the many things beyond worldly riches that you give us. Father, thank you for how you allow us to live into your heavenly reality here on earth. We pray all these things, thanking you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.